from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back. Proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who sometimes like to sing the Bananas and Pajamas theme song on loop. Where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my not-so-new co-hosts, Freddie C. Pajamas, we love to come and play. Something like that. No way do you remember that. That's a deep cut, man. It's <laughs> a good one. That's right. Freddie Deep Cuts C. That's right. The wonderful, the lovely. Uh, we also have another wonderful and lovely co-host, uh, do we call him a co-host or a producer? That is Rick Grace. Whatever we call him, here he is. Uh, you call me what you want, I guess. I still suck at my job, apparently, because I can't get this opening to, to work the right way. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We switched it up some. Yeah, it's on me. The people demanded. Actually, they didn't. The the boss up above. Hmm. Boss man, Dr. Corey Helton. Oh, thank said, God. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> he, said, <clears throat> he said, what if we, what if we trim the intros and get to the meat? And I was like, yeah, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Meat. That's fair. <laughs> Turns out there's a reason we had the cold open, and it's so that I don't fumble over buttons and clicking things, but it's fine. <laughs> that is why we instituted it back in the day. We first started live streaming, and then we moved past that because we got better at it. Well, and every time we make a mistake, we learn from it and keep on going. So it'll be, it'll be great. Absolutely. You know what else is great is the new Jedi Order. We are... Finally, finally, after years of talking about doing it, we are getting into the new Jedi Order tonight. The roundtable over Vector Prime. That's a, that's a pretty heavy metal title, isn't it? it yeah, really is. heavy metal uh, cover as well. It does. It looks like it does look like a, a metal album cover, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What's the What's the most heavy metal Star Wars book title? Oh. Crimson Empire is pretty. It's a yeah. pretty metal title. I mean, De- Death Troopers is like not, it's, just, it's an obvious pick, I guess. Um, well, speaking of this cover, let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Of course, Vector Prime was written by R. A. Salvatore. I have an inside source that says that his friends call him Bobby. <laughs> we won't. We're not on a first name basis with Mister Salvatore. Um, R. A. Salvatore. This came back. Came out. Back in 1999, you guys want to know how I know that it came out in 1999? How do you know? Not because the uh, the title page says so, but because <laughs> I have I have an inscribed copy. Whoa! My hardcover. I bought it at a library sale because I lived in the same town as Mister Salvatore, though none of my deadbeat friends could make the introduction. Jeez. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I think that. he I think he avoids Star Wars fans like the plague. To be honest. <laughs> I could be wrong. But. He writes other genres, right? Like many things else? Yeah, he's big into like... Uh, well, honestly, I don't know. But Frank, hopefully next week, is going to tell us. D- cool. Dwarf books? There's dwarves? I think, yeah, some of the fantasy subgenres and stuff. I'm sure I can figure this out. Uh, the Demon Apostle... No, the Demon Awakens, the Demon Apostle, the uh, Legacy... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm going to be honest that we could have done better homework. But my... Uh, my copy it has a has an inscription, in, and uh, it includes the words "Merry Christmas, 1999." I'll show this off to the camera. Look at this. Nice. In fact, 
it's crazy. It says to Greg, I based Anakin's crash with the Falcon on Judy's incident with her car and a tree. Ask her. Merry Christmas, 1999, R.A. Salvatore. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> oh man, which is wild. Our- okay, guys, what what are your impressions on this cover? Does it uh, does it do the the story justice? I just before we get there, I just want to say Demon Dwarves would be an excellent metal name. Demon oh, Dwarves yeah, for sure. Demon Dwarves in the Cloak of Deception. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Love it. Uh, move over, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. <laughs> Drizzed? Did he do drizzed? That's a thing. People have said the words drizzed to me. Hmm. Interesting. It, it, keep, keep going. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do we think of the I, polarizing? Yep, yep. Polarizing. Polarizing. That's it. From from what's on the cover to what's inside. I'd say. Yep. Do we want to go ahead and look at more of the uh, cover art and detail, or yeah, show this off? Show this off. I found cool, I found cool. some sources here online with some unbelievably detailed cover art this is the full dust jacket spread front and back and uh wow. shows off the the rich color palette that they've got going on here mind you this is right after drew struzan retired and so we've got a new cover artist doing these covers hmm. and uh, look at this one this is textless uh audio listeners freddie what are we looking at here yeah we're looking at at what looks like i would call it a fresco almost uh, from from left to right, you've got Chewbacca on the far left with uh, ice all over his face. That's probably from Hoth, I'd say. Maybe a cut from Hoth, but uh, you know, in a distressing color, in a dark distressing color. Uh, and you'll find out why eventually. And you've got some some ships there, of course, the classic ships. And you've got some just like interesting geometric shapes right towards the middle, going into this like reddish yellow color color to the right, almost. Mm-hmm contrasting what what's on the left side of the jacket kind of looks like we've got a star map going on like a looks like a star map yeah a little bit yeah Uh, luke 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 looks much older and on this cover than you've seen on any previous covers does he have a ponytail i don't know (laughs) that's a good i don't i don't see i can't really tell he could how about headcanon yes in my mind Mm. he's got a steven seagal ponytail going on (laughs) steven seagal I like it. I like it. Hmm. And then you've left out the like biggest, most important, ugly oh, well, elephant I, in the room. My brain blocked it on purpose. Uh, but you've got this, this what, what looks like a bug uh, shadow, uh, silhouette in the background of some sort. Is that the armor? I don't know. Is that the Ooglis Masker? I, I don't know what that is. Uh, and then you've got the uh, the uh, Yuzhan Vong with the tattoos on the skin and the uh, kind of a pig nose, oof, you, you, missing an mutilated, eye, mutilated uh, face. That's for sure. Looks like Rick when he first wakes up in the morning. Oh oof. gosh, oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably fitting. It's a terrifying image, that's for sure. It's it is for my money one of the boldest covers uh, ever in the history of Star Wars. Yeah, um, they absolutely swung for the fences. Oh yeah. And, and I think it fits like it, it comes across as like you're reading a hardcore sci-fi book, um, mm-hmm. in which this book is much more hardcore sci-fi than I think mm-hmm. anything that Star Wars had given us before, barring possibly the Truce at Bakura and the Black Fleet Crisis. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Which are pretty, pretty hard sci-fi for Star Wars. Um, I, I Guys, if you were to get a redesigned cover for Vector Prime before we get into the content here, no spoilers yet. Um We'll get those in, in about two minutes here. 
if you were to do a an ELC cover, a Central Legends collection, a brand new revamped cover, uh, a la Dawn of the Jedi here. Yeah, I got to show off my new Inkstone hardcover. Look at this butte. Mm. We'll talk about that next week. If you Oof. were to do a redone cover, what nice would it be? What would you put on the cover? Oof. So I always have a... Um, I, I'm always of the opinion that the art should match the title and both should match the action or what's going on in the book. Okay. I, there's always terrible titles out there, which Vector Prime is not a bad title. It's just, and actually, I think if you think about like Vector as in where they're coming in from, you know, yeah. and the the first, like, I get that. That's great. And so I would have something that uh, kind of builds off that, that star chart or like a, um, I don't know, like a very monochromatic um, entry, entryway where there's an alien like ship coming in from the distance. Uh, okay. And a very yeah, simplistic minimalist. What if you had the star chart, which there's a big map in here, and the map actually evolves. They change the map throughout the books. It's oh, cool. it's printed on the hardcover on the inside of the cover. It's actually printed straight onto the cover itself, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, we've got a we got an image of it there, and they update it as the series goes on. More and more planets fall under the Yuzhan Vong uh, swath of territory. Hmm. More and more planets fall under hut space. They actually alter the map. So I would put this map, and then Rick, you could do like a whole fleet of Yuzhan Vong ships. Yeah, coming in. That'd be cool. I know you like the yeah. ships, Rick. I like the ships, and maps got are the, cool too. Maps and the ships, coral man. Skippers. Mm-hmm. Some, I'm gonna say some. it right here, guys. If you put a map in your book, no questions asked. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And uh, fun detail here before we get your answer, Freddie. John Jackson Miller, friend of the show, no big deal. He's got a new canon book coming out called This is Funny, <laughs> called The Living Force. Rest in peace, the living, the living Force, the Eugenie Podcast, The Living Force. Um, his new book, The Living Force, is going to have a map in it. Wow, that's very that's John Jackson Miller. I like that. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, Freddie, uh, give <laughs> us your pitch cool. on a Vector Prime cover. All right. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it in line with the theme of the book, which is it's shock and awe in a way, uh, similar to this cover. Um, I would have maybe something more of like a two two things colliding, creating calamity. Oh, cool. right. Uh, w- maybe you're not sure what this is. Oh, what is that thing cl- crashing in the other thing? And maybe it's creating some sort of explosion. Within that explosion, you've got the images of, uh, I guess you would say the 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 heroes. Right. It's it's not even the big three anymore. You've got the big three, and then you've got the other three. <laughs> yeah, you've got six six main uh, focus points, which is different than than any other book. So I'd have maybe like the group there, and then facing them would be uh, the most hideous things you've ever seen, just like what you see here on this cover. But maybe a little bit more menacing, uh, w- overshadowing the other group, maybe behind the cataclysm. Oh yeah, looking over everything. Yeah, that is that is a, that's an issue for me. There's a distinct lack of, of Jedi and lightsabers for the fact that this book is called New Jedi Order. Hmm. I think we need to turn up the Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's make it a little bit Legends look back, a little bit uh, '90s nostalgia. Let's get the Solo twins with their arms crossed, oh, leaning yeah. up against each <laughs> other, a la like a Mary Kate Nashley cover. Ooh, <laughs> or like a J.C. Penney family portrait. Yes. Yeah, and then you can have Anakin standing behind them like this, with his uh, or like his hands uh, on his on his arms on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so 
Uh, anyway, it's a controversial cover, controversial book. Here's one more idea. What about Millennium Falcon with the with the hatch, the open, wide oh. open, Anakin dangling over the edge, reaching out his arm? What is he? What is he reaching for? Well, you'll never know unless well, you read the book. He was he was piloting. It was Han reaching out. Oh yeah, that would work too. I'm a great paying attention <laughs> to the books that I've reread. <laughs> uh, All right, let's get into it, guys. What do you say? I am ready. Let's do it. Wait. Uh, cover art. One more thing, I uh, as a collector have started going down a rabbit hole, uh, and I've not bought any yet, but I've thought about it. Do you guys know about the Japanese covers of the New Jedi Order books? No, I do not. I do not. I know of the infamous Brazil copies, but I have not heard of the mm. Japanese copies. The Japanese New Jedi Order covers are quite possibly the finest Star Wars covers ever created, <sighs> and I'm wanting to collect them. It's fine. I haven't done it yet. Just thinking about it. And Rick, I don't, I don't know. know if we've got any of these queued up for this episode or not. We can talk about them next week, yeah. if not. But uh, they go, they go hard. I have to look them up right now. So um, if I'm a little distracted, that's <laughs> what I'm doing. Ooh, yeah, man! They, they, they really do a great job at uh, depicting our heroes, the Solo Twins. Um, they've got big, bold colors, greens and swirls and purples, and so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do like a full a full breakdown of the Japanese covers in a future episode. If any of our listeners live in japan want to shoot us some links you know that'd be much appreciated find us at utini.com slash discord rick i say we get into the book what do you think yeah so i just want to give you an update on the uh, japanese cover deep dive <clears throat> they uh kind of remind me of like lisa frank folders from the 90s <laughs> and so uh <laughs> sorry i don't mean to make you choke on your chewy there um but uh trapper keepers there you go <laughs> Wait, did Freddy literally have a Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper on hand? Like literally, like in like a, in the fanny pouch, fanny pack, ready to go, ready to go. My throwback, That's fantastic. Let's get into nice. the summary. Of the Let's book. do it. We've got a lot to talk about here. I'll kick us off. Freddy, you take shift two, and then Rick round us out. We'll do uh, what it like two paragraphs each. Here we go. Cool. Spoiler warning, by the way. And I do mean spoiler warning, quite possibly one of the top two, three, five biggest spoilers in the history of Legends coming up in this description. Definitely worth it to read this one for yourself if you haven't yet. Get to it. You've got, got plenty of time. book's been out since 99. I believe in you. Here we go. 25 years after the Battle of Endor, the ranks of the Jedi have grown to number over 100. As Luke seeks to reestablish a Jedi Council, two factions have arisen within their midst. A passive contemplative group led by Jason Solo and uh, Kip Duran's crew of proactive peacemakers. Their aggressive approach has polarized the galaxy, leaving some to question if the Jedi are, in fact, even good for its citizens in the first place. Capitalizing on its unrest is Nam Anur, advanced scout for the extragalactic invading fleet of Yuzhan Vong, tribal anti-technology boomers, I mean, warriors who are immune to the Force. Namanor has infiltrated the planet of I apparently left a blank here because I had to go look it up and then I never filled it back in. I was gonna I was gonna just make a joke of that and be like the planet of space comma. What was it Belkadan? <laughs> Is he on Belkadan? I think so. Or yeah, there's a lot of there's some great number planet four. names in here. Number four. Helska four? Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> he's infiltrated a planet's government uh, and has stirred up anti-Jedi oh. sentiment. Yeah, you're right. Not that not, not, not one. Yeah. <laughs> stirred up anti-Jedi sentiment while fostering civil war. Not only that, but he's infected Mara Jade Skywalker with a deadly plague that's slowly draining life from her body. What a jerk. 
All right. Uh, Freddy. All right, let's go. The Yuzhan Vong fleet arrived at an Exgal 4 outpost on the fringes of the galaxy at the planet Belkadan. There we go. That's where it's at. Where scientist Danny Kui is taken prisoner uh, by her former colleague, Yeoman Carr, another Vong spy. Uh, you want me to keep going there, Jared? Yeah. Okay. Fending off the Vong attack at the planet's uh, Serpendal, uh, Han Solo and crew aboard the Millennium Falcon were evacuating refugees when Chewie sacrificed himself heroically to save Han Solo's son, Anakin. Rest in peace, big boy Chewie. F's in the chat. Uh, F's in the chat for Chewie, everybody. Uh, let's see here. Uh, needless to say, his death will have ramifications that shake up everything for our heroes for years to come. What? Oh, that was it right there. That was the big one. Yep. F's in the chat, everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not, I'm fine. It was a heavy I'm moment. Crying. You're crying. Like, you, did, you guys we'll did a good about job. It. We'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's raining. Right. It's raining in here. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> let's continue. So, Luke and Mara investigate the X Goal incident and throw down in an epic Ampus staff and lightsaber duel in which the Jedi Masters realize that the Yuzon Vong are going to give them an absolute run for their money. They're fierce warriors. So at the same time, Jason and, and his Campbellian, I can't say it, Campbellian, there you go, yeah, call to adventure, Campbellian, <laughs> call to adventure, crossing the threshold moment, stages a rescue mission to find Danny Kui and Kip Duran's Jedi buddy, Miko, succeeding at saving Danny, but Miko takes a last stand. So Danny, having been behind enemy lines, is able to inform the Jedi and the New Republic about the Yamask, the Yuzon Vong War Coordinator, coordinator a brain-like creature responsible for battle tactics, which definitely does not sound like Starship Troopers. <laughs> Finally, our heroes use some of Lando Calrissian's mining technology from Naklon. It's a little Thrawn trilogy reference, no big deal. To blow up Helska, the Helska system's sun, obliterating the Yuzhan Vong's advance force. They may have won the first battle, but at what cost? Only uh, 18 more books left to go in the new Jedi Order. Guys, what is your rating for Vector Prime? <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more this time around. First time, the shock got me. Shock got me. I, I made myself physically sick. Mm. Was it food poisoning from the pork, the sage pork loin that I had had the <laughs> night before? Or did I, was it, the, was it the book that made me sick? I will never know. But I did get, I was up all night puking after I read about Chewie's death. I infamously tweeted at uh, Peter Mayhew. I probably told the story before. I tweeted, uh, just got to the part in the book where Wookiee, you know, the thing happens. And tagged the Wookiee Roars, which was Peter Mayhew at the time, he responds. He tweeted at me. This was 2014. Oh, wow. He responded to me. What in the world am I hearing? Something in here is making noise. Something is playing in my room. It's playing a song by the Avith Brothers, and I cannot <laughs> find it. <laughs> Let's Rick, see. I bump it off of me. Bump it off. See, this is what happens when we get to Chewie's death, okay? Jared must have uh, queued up his uh, some sort of Alexa device or something to start playing some music 
or uh, funeral music for uh, our our buddy Chewbacca. Yeah, but yeah. What a what a polarizing event. Um, you know this this was. I think we one thing that I remember the most at the time was just how how it rocked fandom. Right at mm. this time, everybody there was like a camp of people who were like, "This never happened." <laughs> mm. I believe it. And of course, then there was a group of people who, you know, canon is what canon is, and uh, you know, it, it, the sad part is is uh, our our uh, author here, R.A. Salvatore, received a lot of negative feedback, uh, even as far as going as as death threats. So. You know, I think in terms of ratings, you're going to see a lot of different ratings from a lot of different people. Uh, but yeah, come in open-minded, right? Come in open-minded. Know that uh, this is Legends now, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> the one good thing about Legends is that maybe this isn't real anymore. But yeah, polarizing. So with that, take that, take these ratings with uh, that in mind. I'll yeah, say... Well said. And, and uh, Salvatore has gone on to say that most of his reception has been positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, you know, the death threats kind of uh, overshadowed that in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, um, y'all did a really good job, like, alerting me about spoilers so I didn't know about Chewbacca's death. I, I, we talked about the death of a major character, and so I was kind of braced for that, but was not expecting that. And it hurt, man. It, I felt it. Um, and yeah, it does <clears> hurt. I, yeah, so that it's was... Like all of our best friend. Yeah, absolutely. That was intense. Um, but I think it was a. I, I really do like with what they're where they're going with that emotional pain. You know, um, the father son conflict between Anakin and Han is great, and then um, just on Anakin and Han as individuals, like their the depths of their grief is is intense. And um, yeah, man, I, I and really like continue that. Continue for several books, right? Uh, yeah, so. I mean, Rating? Are we giving a rating now? Yeah, let's give the rating. Let's give the rating. Let's do it. <sighs> Man. Um, what we got? Masterpiece? Incredible? Yeah, I often like to squeeze the great in there before yeah. good. I think it belongs, but the, it's not an official Utini category. But right. uh, we're bumped off the official Utini channel by this point anyway, so. <laughs> right. We could let it fly. I would give it, like, great borderline incredible, in my opinion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think same place for me. Maybe a little bit more closer to the incredible, but um, mm. I, it's a good good starting point for the rest of of what's to come. And so I'm here for it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I had no expectations, so I had no clue where this is going. Um, and so yeah, I think I think great. I like it. I'm gonna okay, stop talking would, now. <laughs> this time around, after having read the the series before, I didn't have to learn about the Yuuzhan Vong. I already knew it, so I was able to just kind of get into the the, mm. the Jedi lore and the meat of the the philo- the philosophy and the drama. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot more this time around, and probably because I was also not up all night puking. <laughs> that helped. That helped. All right, Freddie, what's your rating? Yeah. So this one, this one's interesting. Uh, I I. What I feel after reading this book is that same level of anxiety as the end of Empire Strikes Back when you're just not fully sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Everything seems to be okay, but at what cost? Right. Uh, And and you, you feel like 
this this is like the the primary invasion force likely mm. right and, and <laughs> they're not ready their weapons their technology their they're so unprepared for this attack it seems like they barely made it out alive uh, at the cost of a lot right we lost one of our favorite characters and that's one part where i never i'll never understand why chewy out of everybody i feel like there's some others that could have gone um i think never Chewie's truly... death makes the most sense we can talk about it, it more in the show yeah we could talk more about it uh but i i i really like this book it it makes you feel like the star wars i mean this is definitely a different star wars we're talking a totally different threat a totally different uh situation it's not the same star wars that you kind of grew up with it's it's sort of the same uh but you're there's a lot of new folks here there's a lot of new new talent a lot of uh rising stars um characters that you barely heard about before are now giga chads <laughs> <laughs> so i, I would say this kip duran it's great this is great it's a great book <laughs> kip duran uh, kip duran colon giga chad colon a star wars story <laughs> coming to a theater near you i would watch it i would be there yeah that's fantastic absolutely so it's, it's a great book i think it's a great book Let's let's get into it. Let's talk about some of these characters, uh, Giga Chads and all. Uh, so on the one hand, we've got, as Rick was referencing earlier in the episode, your legacy characters, or maybe it was Freddie, you were saying you could have your, your legacy characters and your new the new cast of characters and one overshadowing the other. That's really in so many ways what this book is about, other than the, you know, gigantic invasion plot, uh, which is huge, is the passing of the baton. So how well, in your opinion, does Vector Prime do integrating the legacy characters, you know, your Hans, Luke, Slayas, Chewies, with that next generation of Jedi, Jason, Jaina, Anakin, etc. Hmm. Rick, we got a we got a picture of the uh the solo kids. Yeah. They are taking center stage in this one. That they are. Or at least they're on their way to. Yeah. Let's see. How well does it integrate those two casts of characters? Here they are. So I think they're integrated very well. You know, they're front and front and center, absolutely. Um, and they each kind of definitely have enough like page time, is that, that that the phrase, or page space to uh, oh, yeah. to have some depth in their character. Um, my critique would be with the classic characters. I feel like Han didn't get enough character uh, establishment before. Uh, before his grief takes over, um, especially as like a new parent, if you haven't read and you don't know that he's a parent, you know, or anything like that, if that if NJO was your starting point, you wouldn't know much of how he's grown in the last you know fifteen years or whatever it is, um, more than that, twenty twenty three years, something like that. But yeah, I think that's a valid um, critique. Interesting. There's, yeah, there's so many authors who I think could write Han effortlessly. I don't know that Han for me, you know, is characterized in such a way that really rings like oh he gets han but han's also not like out there having a whole ton of fun (laughs) yeah you know here's how i felt vector prime new jedi order assumes you know the characters already uh there's a lot of assumption already and there's not a lot of there's not there's no new i wouldn't say there's a lot of character exploration going on here with the the original three it's it's assumed i think in most cases we do see some some development here and there but it's not focused because it does have to share the pages with 
the new the new three, right? Jason, Jaina, and Anakin, uh, whom, in my opinion, they they do take over enough space where you can feel who they are. Uh, but I don't feel like they received as much development in this book. And of course, you know, uh, I think the assumption there is you're going to read the rest of the 19. <laughs> so you'll, you'll get a hang of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say they, for, for splitting as many main characters, this huge cast, uh, into this 400 page book, I think he, I think it did a great job. I don't know if you could have done any better. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like the the way that it establishes Jason, Jaina, and Anakin in this book. Jason and Anakin are on opposite sides of a philosophical divide. We'll talk more about that divide in a minute. And then Jaina has absolutely, for my money, one of the coolest standout moments in the whole book when she pilots the TIE fighter through the asteroid field without shields. Um, mm. And Lando's, what is it, like a theme park? <laughs> <laughs> the asteroid belts. Yeah, Whatever... Side hustle he's got going on. <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's not a great idea, but it's cool. Definitely cool. Uh, so I think it establishes them. My, my issue with them, though, is that they're not necessarily faithful to how they've been portrayed in the Young Jedi Knights books. But to be fair, like I don't know if you're bringing in an A-list sci-fi fantasy author like R.A. Salvatore and then requiring him to read all 14 Young Jedi Knights books mm. <laughs> in order to... <laughs> fair point, fair point. Right, these... So, you know, uh, you got to kind of pick your pick your argument there. And there's there's also an argument to be made that they've grown up some. They're not they're no longer the, you know, scrappy teenagers. Though though in this aren't they supposed to be like what? Jason and Jane are 16? Okay. Uh, were they 16? I want to they say they're of, like 16 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It describes them younger than I rem- remember. Yeah, I was thinking 20, but then I do remember seeing like 16. So, yeah, that sounds right. Because Anakin's significantly younger. Well, I mean, you know, not significantly, but he's not 16. <laughs> yeah, right. Is so he like 15, years. like only a year? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to get a timeline expert on the show to, to That's, clear. Yeah. Uh, Do we have any of those at UTNE? I'm not sure. For us. But it does begin to integrate these uh, the legacy characters with the next generation. It's not about one upstaging the other. I think they're both, they both get uh, a decent amount of uh, page count in the story and uh, what's fun in the new jedi order is you'll get some books that are more han books some books are more yeah. there's one that's almost entirely a jaina book one hmm. is absolutely 100 percent a jason book hmm. um, so you do get to spend more time with some yeah. characters uh, along the way another character who takes up a good chunk of screen time who's already gotten a shout out a couple times here in the episode is kip duran <laughs> guys in your opinion i'd like to have a little bit of showdown here so uh Line up on opposite sides of, of the, the battleground, if you will. Is Kip Duran, in your opinion, a hero or an absolute Chad? <laughs> on Team Chad is Freddy, right? I would say he's a, a Chad. So do I have to do I have to be opposed to that, that opinion? No, no, no. What's, Rick, what's... Rick, what is your opinion? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean he's he's somewhere on the Chad spectrum. Maybe a Brad, but I on mean the he's Chad spectrum. Uh, he's he's definitely a, definitely a, a pain in the butt, man. Apologies um, to all of our listeners out there named Chad. Or Brad. I have some friends that are Brad. Anyway, um yeah, so you want me to describe kind of why he is a Chad? Sure, yeah. So um He's got this really hostile uh, mentality where he believes that the Jedi should not be really 
taking a defensive role and keeping the peace, but instead should be actively pursuing and belligerent toward the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, and that if they don't kind of have a show of force, then they're not going to rise to the prominence they used to have and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's kind of like a, a for glory and, and triumph kind of like this war cry that he's just a, a full on warmonger. And even before uh, the Yuzhan Vong, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's already out there with his star killer, his, his pressure, trying to, trying to put pressure on yeah. the evil near to wells of the galaxy. Yeah. The Jedi Knights are out here to kick butt and take names. Yeah. And, and Luke is like in the government fielding complaints. Right. <laughs> because of Kip. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, I, I don't know, like philosophically, I think that the way Kip is written for this is like, he is, you're supposed to hate him, you know? Um, but like, is he wrong? A hundred percent. I don't know. I'm wrestling well, with I that. Think it's, I think it's a great philosophical divide here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I necessarily think that one is right or wrong. I do think that there's a big <laughs> pattern that you see repeat. You know, Star Wars, It's 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 got its... Uh, what's the George, Lu- George Lucas quote, Freddie? That it's like poetry, it rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that. Faster, more intense. <laughs> the echoes, different quote, different quote. Yeah. So you've got to think about Revan, for example, in The Old Republic. The, the lore goes that... He and Malik felt like the, the Jedi Council was sitting back and not being proactive against the threat of the Mandalorians. Mm. So then they end up with this this faction that follows Revan to war. Um, be, and, and his complaint is that they were just sitting back and, and taking this kind of passive stance. We're not, we don't want to get involved, non-involvement. I, I kind of see this as a, a, a ripple effect, an echo of, of that. Mm. Um the sense that we're not just going to sit back and wait on war to come to us. Let's let's kick some yeah. butt. We're Jedi after all. Hmm. I mean, let's see. Kip Duran, he's responsible for many Imperial deaths. Yeah, genocide. Uh, probably <laughs> <laughs> probably med- many smuggler deaths. <laughs> uh, he, I, I understand where Kip Duran's coming from. He was locked away in the spice mines. And now I feel like he has this sense of like purpose of I need to do something. I was locked away doing nothing for so long. I need to do something. And of course, it's kind of the zealous, the overzealous, in my opinion, way of oh. just uh, um, I, I wouldn't call him chaotic good. I feel like he's he's lawful good where it's just like for the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to destroy you for the for justice, you know, and um, I, I understand where he's coming from, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And. Uh, having that rough life at the beginning into having this... Uh, is he a master? No, or is he a Jedi Knight at this point? Yeah, oh. I i don't remember if that's spelled out in this book, but my understanding is he's one of Luke's earliest apprentices, yeah. which leaves him at this point as one of the handful of Jedi Masters out in the galaxy. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's just, definitely he's just barely on that master <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah. Polarizing is a good word for him. See, mm. everything about this book is polarizing. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's Speaking interesting. Polarizing... Jason and Anakin end up on polar opposite sides of a spectrum, and I find that their ideological debate is one of the most interesting things in the whole book. Uh, And and theirs is not so much concerning the nature of the Jedi as much as it is the nature of the Force. Mm -hmm. Rick, I felt like you would love this. Yeah. Which which side of this did you fall on? Uh, Well, I'm waiting for for Jason to kind of flesh out his his thoughts. 
you know, he hasn't really had the time he wants to go be a, a, a monk and uh, contemplate the force. But uh, that's what I, I, I kind of want to see. Like, I want to know what comes from that. I would love to read uh, Jason's journal, you know, like if that was a uh, in-universe book, that would be awesome. Oh, kind of um, like uh, Mimic's Manifesto from Nimic's Manifesto from Andor. Mm. Uh, yes, exactly. Something like that would be really cool. Well, um, hang on for the book called, I don't know if you've heard of it, Traitor by Matthew Stover. Uh-huh. It's okay. going to be right up your alley. Sweet. I'm excited for that then. But, you know, um, so let's see. I'm trying to think. Jason, he goes into is I know Anakin gets taught by Mara the whole minimalist use of the Force. So what is what's the big discre- discrepancy between Anakin and Jason in this book? It was I think Jason's more focused on like the meanings of the Force, what we're supposed to do with it. Not so much like I'm going to be competitive and beat you because I'm going to be the best warrior using the Force. It's like we did should you give in. It. Did you give mm-hmm. into the Force? Did you study it? Like very. Uh, uh, almost like he's come. He's very empathetic. Uh, the force coming, is an entity with a will, hi- hyper Calvinist. Like he's a conduit of of the force. While I think Anakin is more on the. He's obviously younger, so he's like, uh, I need to use the force to make me stronger. Uh, you know, not really. I I wouldn't say it. It's almost the opposite. It's like o- almost an overuse of the force. And he not he explicitly describes it as a tool. The force is a tool. Yeah. And Jason mm. says the force. If you think the force is a tool, that's not how the force works. <laughs> um, you know, he he's saying the force. We ought to try to fall in line with the flow of the force, as opposed to making the force do our will. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh. To a certain extent, it's like they've fallen on the Luke versus um, Kipteron spectrum, but instead of it being necessarily just about the Jedi, they're talking more conceptual about the very nature of of the Jedi's relationship with the Force, which I find like right true to the heart of what Star Wars is about. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure how how much George had in developing this, but it it feels very George in terms of like the uh, the, the balance of the Force and ideology, yeah. yeah. Well, it's I really, it's going yeah. to get developed more as we keep going. Cool. What's that, Rick? Well, I can bring this up later, but just I've been enjoying all of these different discussions and debates. And I was just thinking today, like, um, you know, is is the idea of peacekeeping like there's a difference between keeping the peace and like full on pacifism, and just you know, what is a Jedi's role if you know they're the they're supposed to protect life you know how does that how does that how does that look so anyway just been they're trying, they're trying to figure it out too <laughs> i know like I, it's making me think so i appreciate that and, yeah. and we're gonna find jason's hand forced a couple times uh that's not meant to be a pun uh, <laughs> several different times throughout this series so the first one of these standing on the precipice moments is in this book when he is called to go and rescue danny Quee. and uh should have just left her down there i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it mm. uh what but, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting little adventure, but <laughs> and there's gonna be more of those moments where are you really gonna be a pacifist or are you gonna stand up for what you believe in? And so mm. I, I find that really, really compelling, really interesting. Uh, let's talk about one more character before we get into a couple more overarching questions. With the time that we have, and that character is this ugly mug. I'm a face only a mother could love. That is mm. Nam Nor. Nominor, guys, Nominor has a huge Nominor, character arc no. in this series, perhaps one of the most well-developed in all of Star Wars. Wow. Uh, what's your initial impression so far of Nominor? 
Um, <clears throat> hmm. Well prepared. <laughs> yeah, and he's you know first introduced in Crimson Empire two, where he's uh, kind of one of these uh, early advanced scouts infiltrating governments and um, sowing seeds of anti Jedi sentiment and scouting out the enemy. Well prepared, certainly. Rick. Yeah, um, he definitely seems to stand out from the Yuuzhan Vong in the sense that he does have a good understanding on how um, the the outer rim and the 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 I guess what's what the humans and the what are they what are we called and the the living creatures in the main Star Wars universe like how how the politics operate how the you know the economy. Like he, he has a, a good grasp on the the normal uh, status, and he's able to use that against them it's so when dangerous. the invasion comes. Yeah, and um, like even just the whole like political war he starts um, is really really good as just like a just some cover, some smoke while the invasion's happening. Yeah, <clears throat> and one thing that I'd say that uh, what was it, Specter of the Past, and though the duology. And this book, this book got done really well. Is how destruction can come from the inside, right? How destruction can ca- get caused by malpracticing, you know, whatever, just uh, spies, whatever, uh, creating discord amongst certain things, creating doubt, creating fission. Uh, and we see it in real life too, right? Cold War, we saw it. We saw it throughout World War Two. We're seeing it currently. Uh, starting off, you know, with sowing discord in the populace and creating illusion away from the real problem of like, mm. oh, the everybody should really focus all your attention on this Yuzhan Vong thing, please. <laughs> Dang, dude, I had not thought about that in terms of real world politics. My mind mm. is reeling right now. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm living in a meme. Come on, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a great comparison. Holy smokes. Mm. <laughs> Hey, this uh, the Salvatore guy. He might have uh, a career in <laughs> in oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, as a writer. Sounds like <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> it's, it's almost like he did that on purpose. <laughs> well, guys, it's it's interesting what he's done. Of course, compelling character, kind of love to hate him type of character, and so much so that you're actually like actually rooting for Borskphalia in this book. Yes. No, never. I'm not there. <laughs> not there at all. Take that back. Borsk. Hang on, Rick. Hang on. Borskphalia does have a big part to play in this series. Why can't we kill him off? Let him die. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of killing people off, let's talk about the big spoiler. All right. Uh, Rick, this was news to you somehow. Yes. Years of podcasting together. Yes. You had not heard about the big spoiler. Congratulations to our community on not spoiling, Rick. That's right. Thank you. And congratulations to me, let's be honest. Because yeah. I'm the world's worst secret keeper. It's I a hard life, my own. Um, yeah, no, uh, it it is a huge one, and I'm thankful for having to have the the experience. Um, it caught me off guard. I was literally in my kitchen doing dishes, and like I had to like stop and just stand there for a second. My wife came by. I was like, "Are you okay?" I said, "No, I'm not." <laughs> and she's like, "What happened?" I'm like, "Chewie died." So she kind of rolled her eyes and came back, and then later we talked it out. But um, yeah, it was intense. Wait, you, you had to go to therapy because Chewie died? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was out walking the dog this time around. I've read the book before. I was yeah. out walking the dog, uh, listening to the robot read it to me. And and I had to stop. And I wept just mm-hmm. out in public. Mm-hmm. I was just... 
yeah just i it hit me it hit mm. me hard yeah not like a moon hit me but uh oh you know too close. soon too soon man. <laughs> and actually think, the initial ahead. the initial like paragraphs when when he dies that was hard that was more shocking but it's really the unpackaging of the grief that tears at me yeah. and being a dad where i sometimes lose my temper anger or yell at my kid over something stupid and just seeing han just completely make the wrong move as a parent and oh that's that that's what really gets me to uh then the whole conversation about nope might be in the next book but um um uh, what Chewie would have wanted, like what his legacy, what he wanted Han to do after that, you know, and stuff. Well, and so buckle yeah. up. Cause there's a lot more of Han dealing with his trauma mm. in this series. Uh, I mean, honestly, the first with the, the entire agents of chaos duology by James Lucino is, is Han just like being a deadbeat who uh, neglects his responsibilities. Cause he can't cope with his grief, which is very real. Yeah. Uh, very real. I've had friends who have, have suffered major losses and their whole family falls apart because they can't, you know, they don't know how to process. And, and it, it's very real. Uh, hmm. And there's a lot more, a lot more trauma to come when you have an invading fleet <laughs> decimating oh, yeah. the galaxy. A lot more trauma to come. I hate to break it to you guys. Freddie, oh. you, you said earlier in the episode you felt like maybe Chewie wasn't the right one to kill off. You want to <laughs> unpack that a bit? Uh, and, and Nick, I think we've got a, I think we've got a great pick of Chewie's epic stand here yeah that's a tough one uh jared i i I feel like there's other characters of course that i i could deal with um but chewbacca to me is is the counter to han solo and to me it's like who who are you gonna have counter han solo at this point you know and and it could be uh, well, let's let's try to reduce our characters down. We've got quite a quite a cast here. We have the big three still. Um, but yeah, it, it, I obviously I, when you look at who's all available to kill off, <laughs> there's not many to choose from, right? right? If if you're looking at the old cast, and um, yeah, I, I, that's where I'm going to leave it for now. I, I believe that the record, the the legend goes that George specifically made Han, Luke, and Leia off limits. And hmm. so, who else can who else can you do? Yeah. Um. The, and somebody. Oh, I believe it's Randy Stradley of Dark Horse, and he revealed this to me in our Legends Con interview, guys. So oh. go go and listen to that and the feed, the audio feed, listeners, if you're interested. And you haven't yet. I asked Stradley about his involvement with the New Jedi Order, and he said, "Oh yeah, I was actually, you know, Salvatore got the death threats, but I was the one who came up with the idea of let's kill the family dog." And <laughs> that does make a lot of sense. Authors have had a lot of trouble writing for Chewbacca. They don't yeah. always know how to give him dialogue. Do you not give him dialogue? Do you do a lot of you said it, Chewie? Or how do you deal with that? So, so him, <laughs> yeah, let's not have that. None of that, Freddie. And so, honestly, him dying is more effective than him actually being in the books. I, yeah. I do admire oh. this series for amping up the stakes by killing off a legacy character though it hurts oh it hurts so good and that's the point mm-hmm. right that's what it was supposed to do make you hurt yep. it did it. I, in the I, first I, act of disney taking over they said chewie's back first order of business first order of business i mean and there's some there's some official you know uh or interviews that have said that was their first order of business was chewie's back yeah uh, no questions asked and in fact, this is what I was trying to say earlier before my phone started freaking playing a song. How many years have we podcasted? I've never had this happen. It starts playing music at me. 
Um, <laughs> I think it was trying to play the Mary Kate and Ashley theme song, which is hilarious. <laughs> I'll investigate later. Um, but this is what Peter Mayhew, may he rest in peace. This is what he tweeted at me is he said this was before the force awakens came out, but he was definitely already working on it. He tweeted at me and I quote the Wookiee lives. Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, he was giving me insider information that (laughs) he was in fact back for episode seven. Hey, that's awesome. Rick, Chewie's death. Last words. Um, was it the right move? Is is Chewie the character to take out? Yeah, I I think so. I was going to say too that like I I always appreciate a, a good story that is willing to to make a, a, char- a character sacrifice worth something, um, and so that was definitely delivered. I think had it just been a meaningless le- death, I would have been well maybe more more angry, like more emotionally yeah. invested. Uh, but also angry at the writers for that choice. But I think this was good. Um, it's sad, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I can't wait to see how we're still all going to be coping with this four books <laughs> from now or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And this is not the last major death in this series. There's a lot more. <sighs> I will say, to come. You're, um, was it the Stradley interview you were just talking about? Yeah. Uh, I was listening to, to that, and not very much of it because you either gave a spoiler warning or I started hearing things that I didn't want to start hearing. And so <laughs> that was the closest I got to having this spoiled uh, was listening to that recently, by the way. But um, anyway, ah, it's safe now. It's safe. Now. It's safe okay. now. I'll go back. Yep. Guys, one, one last question here. We're getting into um, getting into some fun stuff with the Yuzhan Vong. There's so much lore introduced. Salvatore had a monumentous job in kicking off the series, introducing this new alien race and the world building. Rick, I know you love some world building. Holy smokes, there's a ton of world building. Let's go around the horn here and talk about some of that Yuzhan Vong biotech. So far, we've been introduced to coral skippers. They're uh, they're homegrown spaceships. You've got (laughs) Uglyph maskers, which are their, uh, what, uh, they're like... uh, their suits, their the, exoskeleton the thing. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking there's a movie with Tom Cruise. It's like an action movie where they have Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the Dune suit with the thing that goes. Oh on there. yeah, yeah. I, I like, like it. Invasive. Mission Impossible meets Dune meets Star Trek. Okay, you've got <laughs> Amphistaffs. Amphistaffs are very Moses-like. Uh, I think we an image Rick of of yeah. Mara dueling a Yuzhan Vong with the Amphistaffs. This, this to me, is like one of the coolest pieces of, of New Jedi Order art. Mm. Yes. Oh, look at I even, how did I miss the Moses reference? My goodness. Uh, yeah, that, that's... Oh, you're muted. Figure it out. There you go. Um, yeah, it's it's very much a Moses kind of situation here. Um, we've got the, the Dovin Basils, which, of course, are the like, gravity well generators, uh, which um, creates the Oh, what do you call that? The like an interdictor, where yeah. you have the the gravity well protector moon yeah. down, right? Kind of serving like a, an imperial interdictor cruiser, and then develop mm-hmm. communicators, which mm-hmm. basically simulate a person's head. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, out. it's like and it 3D FaceTime. Inverts again. Yeah, I I want to see some some art for this because I'm confused and also grossed out. Mostly grossed out, I think. Um, confused and grossed out would describe how I feel about the Yuzhan Vong. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. Which which piece of these? Which piece of this technology is your favorite? Uh, hmm. 
None of it, but <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the Amphistaffs was actually really cool. It, it's like a it's a snake, right? It's like a snake with venom, and it's as hard as a but lightsaber. It can harden its body, right? Yeah, but you can also use it as a whip. It's a really flexible tool, and it's poisonous for that extra poison uh, dot that damage over time. <laughs> I I still feel like. I still feel like the 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 brain, like the the team, or whatever behind NJO, was like the 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 spurned kid who's making up new rules for the game. Is like, yeah, well, my bad guys, they can't be hurt with lightsabers, and they can't use the force, you know, around them. You know, like I still right. feel like that that attitude is continuing with yeah. their armor. I've got a and, snake that's yeah. also as strong as a lightsaber. <laughs> like, is yeah, he though? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite would be the the Dovin Basils. Just fun to say for one. It's like the phrase that gets stuck in my brain all week. And then um they also they're the 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 tool, I guess, that overloads the shields and fighters, right? Uh yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I kind of skimmed through a lot of the Yushan Vong lore this time around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was how it's established too, is that that's the way that they're able to like they were used for propulsion mm-hmm. defense. And other stuff. Yeah, like very, very creative versatile. use of, of gravity yeah. and uh, just the, oh, the f- energy that micro, it, it Micro moves. black holes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fun. I will say, if we're going to talk um, uh, as far as like sci-fi comparisons, definitely getting some, some Star Trek vibes for sure in all of this. Uh, which we can talk more about it in a future future. Yeah, show. that would actually make a good kind of in between roundtables episode. Um, the the Star Trek echoes of the of the Yushan Vong, mm. and that'll be the week that I'm out. So that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, how do you, how good of a job do you think Salvatore did in kicking off this massive event of a series? Obviously, this was huge for them to bring him in. He ends up doing the um, Attack of the Clones novelization, and that's it. I mean, huge. Absolute A-list fantasy author kicks off this series. Uh, how good of a job do you think he does in setting the tone for what's to come? Oof. What a what a kickoff! What a what a start to a, a long series. Honestly, it, it I'm ready, you know, to continue going forward. I I've read a couple already. Uh, I think Rick has too, and uh, I don't want to stop yet. It's it's still developing. It's crazy how many books I'm in, and it's still developing, and things are still happening. It's like, oh my goodness, what's what is fifth book fifteen going to be like? <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. So very happy Let's see, with book this book. fifteen. Which one is that? Is that traitor? That's a good one. <laughs> I'm not certain. I'm not certain which one is is uh, is fifteen. But I, I think especially his strongest suit here is I think the the philosophical. You know, showing the different sides of the ideology that's developed, almost like political parties. You know, mm. both of which I think taken to their extremes are a bit dangerous, but. Mm-hmm you can definitely see how people can fall in one of two camps um, concerning, you know, the Anakin versus Jason, the Luke versus Kip sort of thing. And that's going to continue to evolve and develop and people cross over from one side to the other. Um, Some people go so far one direction, they fall to the dark side. Some people, it's great. It's good stuff. So uh, I also think he does an excellent job at the world building, excellent job establishing the Yuzhan Vong as villains mm. to be reckoned with. There's a sense of foreboding, the mm-hmm. doom that's to come. The first hundred yeah. pages or so is fantastic. Um, I think it's an achievement for an author to leave you with that sick feeling in your gut. Mm. I mean, for an author to achieve that is huge. 
I, I wasn't yeah. my biggest complaint. Would like to see some more Jedi stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, some lightsabers and kind of like that hope and optimism of the High Republic. I'd kind of like to see that, but this is not the High Republic. Mm. The the new oh, Jedi Order walked so that uh, the High Republic could run. Mm. Mm. Except for I probably like the new Jedi Order better. So take that. Yeah. Take that what you will. Yep, yep. Take right, that guys. blast bug. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff here. Good stuff to come with the new Jedi Order. Only eighteen more books to go. Yeah. But in the meantime, what's that? Yes, eighteen more. And uh, my, my only comment was just to say that uh, I immediately wanted to start the next one. Like it was not a Whew, okay, take a break. It was a what happens next? I want to go. So yeah, I did that's too. always a big compliment. I pretty much feel that. You might get stuck a time or two throughout the series. I know a lot of people get stuck during Star by Star because it's just huge, massive. Um, but I would say push through, and it, it'll it be worth it. So in the meantime, if you're looking for a little bit more listening to do, uh, check out our sister shows, The Cosmic Force, right here on uh, the Uchini Vault channel, as well as the Star Wars. <laughs> He's got a Uchini <laughs> Vault uh, custom logo that he did. Love that, Rick. <laughs> And uh, the Star Wars archives, I got a chance to guess there, talking about the Jedi Prince books, and holy smokes, that episode is wild. At one point, Jose starts ranting about, like, the feminism and patriarchy in the book, Hmm. and it's like, it's almost like an hour-long rant. It is absolutely one of the pinnacle achievements in the history of Utini podcasting, Hmm. is Jose's performance on this Star Wars Archives episode. So can't wait for that to hit everybody's feeds very soon. But that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. Uh, we promise not to drop any moons on you anytime soon. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Carl Sander, Michael Fry, Raymond Bazinski on our Jedi High Council, as well as James T. Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, Chris Carrizo, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. Thank you for your amazing support. If you'd like your thoughts right on the show, our contact information can be found in, in the description. Uh, you can catch us live every other Tuesday night at 8.30 Central at YouTube.com slash at Utini Vault. Ring that bell if you want to get notified whenever we go live. Remember to sub to the channel. Leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. We're also on Twitter at Legends Look Back. Send us your Legends memes. We'll retweet them. And uh, remember to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the, ban- in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is... Teeny Broadcast.